Today on the midweek, we're going to continue on with the By Faith series. We're going to go back to looking at the life of Abraham, and specifically when he was tested by the Lord in the matter of offering up his son Isaac. So let me read for you from Hebrews 11, starting in verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able, even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. I want to say today that faith gets tested. Faith gets tested. Um, When we're believing God for something, when we're turning away from being in control, being the bosses of our lives, and looking at our circumstances alone to decide what's possible and impossible, when we're believing God, it gets tested. Sometimes we get tested by things taking a long time. Sometimes we get tested when Uh, From the moment we decide we're going to believe God for something, uh, sometimes it gets worse instead of getting better, and we get tested. So sometimes it takes a long time for for the promise to come through. Sometimes things get worse when we start trusting in the Lord. Sometimes things blow up, and what we were trusting God for, we weren't supposed to be trusting Him for, and it wasn't His plan. It wasn't his, His specific plan, and so we get disappointed. There's lots of different things. In this case, Abraham is tested by having God tell him that the very thing God had promised to do for Abraham, to give him this miracle son through his wife, who was beyond the ability to have children, both she was barren and also she was postmenopausal, to take this miracle child and then to offer him up as a sacrifice, to lose him, to lose the promise. That was the test. Abraham, I want you to go and give back to me what I promised to give you. This is a huge test. Now, in one sense, this test is, it's a test because it doesn't make sense morally, okay? Um, God doesn't like child sacrifice. He doesn't even like human sacrifice in any sense except for his own son's willing self-sacrifice to redeem the human race. That's the only time God has really ever planned for this to happen, and it's because it's him. He's sacrificing himself. But God doesn't call for human sacrifice, and he doesn't call for child sacrifice. In fact, in the book of Ezekiel, God says he hates it, and it never even occurred to him to ever ask Israel to make that a part of their worship of him. But instead, we so we have this really weird situation. It's weird because um, God just gave Abraham Isaac not long ago, and then what he asked Abraham to do seems just wrong. So what's going on here? So many things. Okay, one of the things we learn from this testing of faith is that our faith in God's promises, God wants it to remain faith in Him and not faith in getting what He promised. Okay, God wants it to remain faith in Him and not faith in getting what God promised. So, once the fulfillment of having Isaac came through, Abraham had the opportunity to put his trust in Isaac. 
Okay, great. I'm supposed to have a lot of descendants. Now that Isaac's here, we can get on with the plan. We can get on with getting things done. Now that I've got my son, he can have lots of wives and they can have lots of kids and we can fill the world full of children. Thank you, God. You are the one who provided for this. I've got it. I can take it from here. No problem. Um, I heard this great joke before, not because it's super funny, but because it's really profound. Um, say there's this person driving around and they're they're trying to get to an appointment. They've got a appointment with a government official and you know it's really time sensitive and they're downtown winnipeg and um, they just can't find a parking spot and so after driving around for 10 minutes they think i know i'm gonna pray and as soon as they begin to pray dear lord please would you a car pulls out of a parking spot right in front of them and they can just nose in and no problem so god would you please and as soon as they see it they say never mind i got it i can take it from here it's a joke but it points to something Often, as soon as we get what we're asking for, often, as soon as we get what God's promised, we turn away from him and are starting to look at the fact that we got something and where focus is on getting that thing. And so God is testing Abraham. Abraham, is your faith in me or is your faith now in Isaac? And Abraham displays, no, God, my faith is in you. I'm not looking to my son, even though he's a son of promise, even though he's a miracle child, I'm not looking to him. I'm looking to you, even to the point of being willing to give him back to you because I believe that you can raise him from the dead. But morally speaking, it's like, why, God, would you choose this test? It doesn't make sense. And I have a, th- a theory, okay? I have an idea. I don't think, this, I, don't think I made this up, but I, I think I've adopted it. If you read through the entirety of Scripture in the Old Testament, you learn that the area that God sent Abraham to to perform the sacrifice was an area called Moriah. Okay, God didn't say, just go do this in your front yard. He said, I want you to travel and then give me back your son there. And it's interesting. There's kind of an echo. When Abraham's life started with, with God, God had said, I want you to leave your home and go to the place I'll show you. So here we have it again. Abraham, I want you to leave your home and go to the place I'll show you. And the first promise is I'll make you a great nation. And the second promise is give me back this promise about making you a great nation. So there's lots of echoes there. And, but Abraham's willing. He's full of faith. And he, so he says he's willing to go. And he goes to this place called Moriah. And if you go and read through Chronicles, you learn that Jerusalem and the temple are built in the region of Moriah. So there's this connection. The place that God sends Abraham to go and offer up Isaac is the place where God himself would offer up his own son for the redeeming of his people. And by offering up Jesus, God fulfills the true promise to make Abraham the father of many nations by bringing in the Gentiles through faith. And so there's lots going on here. And though Abraham didn't see nearly what we know now, From scripture, we know that part of the reason God sent Abraham to go and be tested by offering up his son is that it was going to be a picture of what God was going to do with his own son of promise. It was going to be a picture of what God was going to do with his own um, dearly beloved one and only son, except that when God was offering up Jesus on the cross, he never said, stop. He stopped Abraham from sacrificing Isaac, but nobody stopped Jesus from being sacrificed. Instead, God raised him back from the dead. And so um, 
there are deep things going on here. But one of the reasons that God wanted this sacrifice to be the test is because it was going to echo throughout the generations as a fore picture, a foreshadow of what God was going to do with his own son. Only there would be no calling for a stop. And just look at the faith that Abraham has. He is so convinced that God can fulfill his promises that he does not think that even death can stop God from fulfilling his promises. He says, God's going to give me offspring through Isaac. I can't even watch Isaac die and God will do it. I don't know how, but God will do it. And we do know that in the story of Genesis, God says to his servants who have gone to the mountain with him, we're going to go up the hill and then I and the boy will return. And so even in his instructions to his servants, he's telling them, I'm going to come back with my son because I, I know that God is faithful. So the scriptures present this scene of God being faithful and Abraham believing in God, even when every kind of circumstance would go against believing in God. This is a picture of the faith that we're called to have in Jesus. Number one, we are called to believe that God has the power to raise someone from the dead to fulfill his promises. You cannot be a Christian unless you believe that Jesus died and he rose from the grave by the power of God. You just cannot. I know there has been, you know, decades of what is called liberal Christianity and many of those people thinking, oh, that never happened. Some of them question whether or not Jesus ever even existed, but definitely one of the the commonalities in liberal Christianity, believing that there aren't any such things as miracles, and when Jesus was killed, he stayed dead. That's, you, that's not Christianity, and people who believe that are not Christians. In order to be saved, you must believe two things. You must confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you must believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. This is the entry into Christian faith. This is the entry into being a follower of Christ. I believe that God has the power to raise someone from the dead, and he could have done it for Isaac, and he did do it for Jesus. This is our faith. And then the call is for us to have that same faith for ourselves. I believe that God will, by his power, one day raise me from the dead. No matter how I die, old age, sickness, persecution, whatever it is, I believe that just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will raise me from the dead. And in context here, the author of Hebrews is trying to convince his people not to abandon Jesus in the face of opposition, in the face of threats. And he's calling them, like Abraham, to believe that none of God's promises to them can be thwarted, even if they're killed. You know, we don't experience this kind of challenging, this kind of testing very often in North America. But as Christians, we are called to have the kind of faith that believes that even death cannot stop God from fulfilling all of his purposes in our lives or what he's promised. This is the level of faith that God's calling us to. And you know how we get there, believing in this? Not by mustering ourselves up. Not by trying to pump ourselves up. Not by taking spiritual steroids but by humbling ourselves and just remembering God is faithful. God is faithful. He is able to fulfill every one of his purposes for me. He is able to fulfill every one of his purposes for you, no matter what. No matter what the test, no matter what the trial, he is able. And when we humble ourselves and we surrender ourselves to believe this as true, we become the kind of people who can face 
the worst that the enemy and life can throw at us. We become the kind of people who can go through the tests and pass by the grace of God. And amen.